Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show you can hear Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. The iconic CBS show MASH ran from 1972 to 83 for an impressive 256 episodes. And the equally impressive Alan Alda appeared in every single one. Since his 1963 film debut in Gone Are the Days, Alan has proved himself on the big screen and on Broadway. But most would agree his breakout role came playing Dr. Benjamin Hawkeye Pierce. Claiming they wanted a humorous, leading man type, the producers offered the role to Alda. Unbelievably, he held out until just six hours prior to filming. Reportedly, he was reluctant to uproot his family from New Jersey to L.A., only to have MASH get canceled. So, Alan opted to commute the 6,000 miles every week. Talk about frequent flyer. Another challenge was that in real life, he was far removed from his womanizing, hard-drinking character. So, channeling a little Groucho Marx proved helpful. Having actually served in Korea, Alan's passion was to include the harsh realities of war into what was otherwise just a sitcom. You may recall that a laugh track was always present during the show, but the producers purposely removed it during the OR scenes. Among many other memorable aspects, including a top-notch cast, it was this emotional roller coaster that made MASH truly unique. Alan Alda took home Emmys for acting, writing, and directing on the show, and this triple crown was a television industry first. The MASH finale was the highest-rated scripted TV show ever. Estimates of over 100 million viewers tuned in to say goodbye to MASH and their beloved friend, Hawkeye. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the Air. Thank you, Pat, for that trip into Golden Rage of TV. MASH, one of the one of the most successful, longest running comedies on television, along with that, and all in the family and all the other shows that I loved growing up. My dad loved MASH. My, my dad actually uh, had me start watching MASH, and I didn't get it as much as a kid, but later on, I started mm-hmm. really watching it, and I'm like, wow, MASH is a really well-written, really great show. It's another show that I have a preference on cast. I I prefer more the early versions of MASH with the Colonel Blake and, mm-hmm. and Frank Burns and stuff. I'm not saying the later ones weren't as were, were bad or anything with Colonel Potter. I'm just saying I think it's much more zany and more more funny in the first few seasons, and I think that's the one I prefer over any other. Do you have a preference on the on the cast? I do like, mixture? and I think it's because I just like his character. I like Colonel Potter. I've always oh, yeah. liked Harry that. Morgan was such a great, such a actor. cool character. I believed him more as being the colonel of a camp that he allows people to get away with some of the wackiness. Whereas for me, and this is the thing that this is why right. I don't like The Office. I can't stand people who act too buffoonery to be in positions of power and authority. Right. And when you have Colonel Blake, who didn't care and seemed goofy, and then Burns, I get he was making a stereotype right. of the career military. Right. But he wouldn't have survived. There wouldn't have, he wouldn't have made it if well, he had acted the way he acted. If you're going to say well, it's a TV show, if you're going to say that, you might as well but, just dismiss Gomer Pyle. <laughs> 
mean, yeah. you know, even he, Gomer Pyle would have been out like the first week. You know, and, and, and the difference is, but we know that it's Mash comedy. tried to still deal with some serious subjects in a funny way. Whereas right. later, whereas Gomer Pyle was dealing later, yeah. with funny all the time. Right. It was it, it was a nonstop raucous comedy. It you know what's funny weird about Gomer Pyle is Gomer Pyle was on during the during Vietnam. The whole thing was going on. And a, a military show being on then at that time, and it still succeeded and made high ratings. And what's what's weird about Gomer Pyle, I'll give you another bit of trivia. At the beginning, remember, when, do you remember the title sequence of Gomer Pyle? It just comes on, and they're all marching, and he's marching with them, and, mm -hmm. and Sergeant Carter's yelling at them as they're marching, and it's like, Gomer Pyle, USMC, starring Jim Neighbors. Mm -hmm. Jim Neighbors said back in the day that it was hard for him to watch the show Watch the title sequence to that show because he knew for a fact that almost all, a lot of those guys that were in the title sequence were real guys in the army, and most of them did not come back from Vietnam. Ooh, wow. And it says it's hard to he knew some of them, wow. and some of them didn't, in that title sequence didn't come back. So I thought that was very strange and very odd, and very sad. I want to give out the number seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty. If uh, you have want to call and talk to us today, that's a good subject to throw out there. Let's throw out which uh, he was talking about Mash on the Golden Rage of TV. Which cast you prefer, or what? era of mash you like the best because mashes was a fantastic comedy and by the way i know i've talked about it before but alan when i went out to uh, malibu creek state park where the exteriors of all the mash episodes were filmed when they did exterior shots it was really fun to stand there because i could i could easily imagine seeing all the tents out there because the landscape and the mountain ranges in the background for the helicopters at the beginning i saw every bit of it there there's still remnants of there there's an old jeep that's still out there mm -hmm. There's an old there's an old army truck on the side with the red cross on the side of it still out there rusting, and you look up and there's the helicopter pad that's a little elevated. When when I was out there, it felt like I was I was there, and it was crazy. It looked great. Was it? Like well, that. I guess it was. I'm going to answer my own question. I'm sure it was surreal because at a it moment was. you're like, wait a minute. I'm stepping in what looks like what I grew up watching on television. And it was that way for the whole trip, but especially there. And especially for one yeah. moment, because we were shooting some video of the thing, and, and like, hey, we're on the set of MASH here, blah, blah, blah. And as I walked up, this couldn't have happened at a better time. As I walked up the, you have to walk up a few 30 or 40 feet. Is the stair the step still there? That they built I, no, in? there's no stairs anymore, but there's kind of a dirt, like, dirt Path. road area that you can walk up there to the helicopter pad. And the moment I got up there, I heard a helicopter, <laughs> and Stacy's like, "Do you do you hear that? Do you hear there's a helicopter?" And we looked up, and it was I could make out because it was kind of flying low, and they were just patrolling through. It was a sheriff's department, mm -hmm. just there for Calabasas uh, out there in the area. <laughs> and then and I'm like, I cannot believe the helicopter is going over. And right then did now. the flutes kick in, and you hear the little horns and. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Stacy did go in her best radar voice. Choppers, <laughs> so like that was great. I, I was do great. like I do like the show. There were some the, yeah the first oh, season. Yeah. I think they were still trying to, and like most shows, they were trying to kind of find that footing. And oh, there's yeah. some sillier, and they were based on a TV, on a movie by yeah. the way, motion picture. But they were trying to yeah based but loosely because right. the movie was a. Kind of different. Same characters' names. Yeah. Same character names, but yeah, yeah. Um, there was only one character that actually translated from the movie to the. To the, well, one to the actor. TV show, only yeah. one actor. You know who that was? was? Gary Burkhoff. Gary Burkhoff. Yeah, exactly. He's right. Radar O'Reilly. Yep. Um, but you know, as far as the 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 show, the, the me TV and some of the nostalgic television shows you can stream would sometimes have these marathons. And my wife oh, and yeah. I would be like, "Oh, Mash!" And they were yeah. going back to the being like, hey, "We're going to start now from the very beginning." And I was like, "I don't know that I've ever seen the very first episode." Me too. When I was when and I was and we were to watch watching, I was like. I'm glad this show got better when I f discovered it because I don't know that I would have kept watching it after f the first half of the first right. season because it really didn't know what it was doing yet. It got right. better in season two, kind of like Star Trek Next Generation. It got oh, better yeah. in season two. <laughs> it's And it's got to be hard if you make a television show or you're putting one together because you kind of – 
you've got to kind of grab people with your pilot or your first episode. And of course, a lot of them, a lot of TV shows suffer from that. So a lot of them, a lot of them because it is the first one. They're mm-hmm. just writing it and they're just finding their way. And usually with the first season, they do that. And it's interesting to see those because sometimes even in reruns, I don't know why they picked and choose this. Maybe it was just a conscious effort by TV execs on television stations. But sometimes when people would rerun television shows, they wouldn't. They would only show certain uh, seasons onward. Yeah, they'd never rerun maybe the early ones or something. The like ones that, in some that shows. got the because remember back in the day they'd have Nielsen audience testing and they'd yeah. be like, okay, well these are the episodes that they seem to like more than the others. Those right. go in the replay. See, I, I, when I watch a show, I like it. I, I have I have a requirement. Please show it. From the beginning, in order. Yeah, when they're in syndication, you're like, wait a minute, that one landed on a cliffhanger. Why are we doing the continued. Christmas episode in July? And that guy was dead <laughs> in the episode. Why is he alive now again? Yeah, so you know, that, that is that one way. of the cool things about binging an older show that we have the options to do right. now. I've and I mentioned Star Trek only because I've been going. I'm now mostly through season six. I got one more to go. I am catching episodes that I know for a fact I never saw oh, yeah. before. And when, when either, I did that, yeah. Because I, catch, I caught them all on rerun for the most part. I know it was airing right. live, but at the time it was live. I was just graduating high school, moving right. into college, and it wasn't my You're thing. partying and stuff. But and once I got out of college, TV. it was still on, and I would catch reruns while the new shows were airing. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I know I missed some because I'm somewhere like, oh, my, this is good. Yeah. Then you went to college and you partied even more. So I it's did. like it's crazy, you know Drank my way through school. Did I ever? Did I ever? T- I told you this once. I, I think I did. I might have seen you in a Romeo and Juliet at Kennesaw State University. I was. I was went to first... see it. I went to see it. I don't know if it was the year that you were there, but it might have been. But I saw a production of it, and it had a, it had a couple of Southern flair things in it too. It was, it was, uh, the lady who's the who's the la- who's the character in Romeo and Juliet? I'm asking the Shakespeare expert here. <laughs> He's going to come up with the right answer. Who's the is the the lady in, in waiting? Nurse. With, uh, yeah. Uh, the nurse. The nurse in that production that I saw was a very southern lady. Very large. And talked, and talked southern. Had a big reddish, southern accent. Reddish yep. brown hair yes. and short hair. So yes. do you, you, I might have seen the that, one you're in. Isn't I was that, crazy? that. That was my, quote, college acting debut. I, my I, debut. I, and, and, and my buddy Brian, remember, pulled out a, a mm-hmm. videotape of you in something. The very uh, first thing staged, I did was a black box theater right. thing. It was a stage, sort of a reader's yeah. theater, somewhat acted out. And I Ovid's saw Ovid's Metamorphosis. I saw it on video, on, on grainy VHS video. Yeah. Which uh, made the leotards you guys are wearing show up even more out of focus. Yeah, because we had a choice. We got to pick our costumes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great, though. But I thought it was great. Then I sent you that. I took screenshots and sent you the screenshots. Yeah, you did. That day. I'm like, hey, look, I'm this guy. I was like, me. I thought I had, I thought I had I effectively <laughs> purged all of this. I hadn't thought oh, of goodness. it. I hadn't recollected any I of it. I, I don't have any pictures I hope of I it. I purged all those little independent videos I did back like, in the late 80s. Gone. <laughs> <those two>. I <laughs> but it's I, great. Thought of nothing but steel wool for about a month. Scrub those memories. Alan's like, where's that big magnet? Yeah, an electromagnet that erases VHSs in yeah, two like seconds. To, yeah, the, the bulk yeah. tape eraser. <laughs> that if you stand too close to you, you won't have kids anymore right. either. You know, <laughs> heck of a do not use magnet. this below the counter. <laughs> Who would use this below the counter? I want to use it. I don't want to have any kids. <laughs> you tell me. You don't me. can't tell me what I can and can't don't, do. Yeah, I'm gonna do just the opposite. <laughs> hey kids, don't touch that. Oh yeah, wait till you're gone. <laughs> That's what they told me about that electric fence out there in those. My aunt had that electric fence. I'm like, don't touch that. I'm like, oh, well, now it's uh, game on. (laughs) Challenge accepted on that. Speaking on there, we're going to flash the audience news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre when we come back. And I'll get to stories, too. I promise. I promise when we come back. We'll return after these messages. 
Make Halloween fun with one-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind. Bubblegum, lollipops, fun-size candy bars. Get this Halloween record. Sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth or Woolco. Okay, Pop. Now it's my turn. Okay, come on, Sam. Sears has a home version of the pinball game you find in arcades and bowling alleys. So now you can have your own pinball machine right at home. New arcade pinball games from Sears. Not toy pinball, they're real pinball machines. New arcade pinball. It's what you always wished you had at home. Sold only at Sears. You are listening to BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn Radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Yeah, we're having a ton of fun here every Saturday, and uh, next Saturday is going to be really fun. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about that later because we've been telling you about it for the last couple of weeks. But uh, now it's it's that time that we like to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And, hey, I printed them all off, cross-referenced, checked them out, make sure they all were true. Even now, they're only about 80% true. So it's <laughs> off the Internet. But they're, for the most part, true from UPI. That's right. All right. Well, guess what? I've got the first news. Chicken butt. Chicken. Guess what? Chicken butt. Got chicken legs. <laughs> Maybe it is a chicken butt. I don't know. I've never been back there. All right. I, I have. From the, oh, it. wait, what? what? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen oh, it. okay. From the UPI, a Walmart store in Oklahoma was evacuated and temporarily closed after a skunk wandered in the men's shoe department. Well, you know, he had places to go. He was looking for some sneakers. But was it, could he have been the, the... That's why he was sneaking. Could have been the cat that got the white stripe like the Warner Brothers cartoon. Oh, it could yeah. have been a cat. That's why Pepe Le Pew always falls That's for the right. cat. Mm-hmm. Officials at the, Well, your dog turned green, so... He did, on one side. One side. <laughs> no, he was like the character from Star Trek, where which side which side is <laughs> like the racist. And white, it was green and white, yeah. Uh, let's see. Officials at the store in Edmond had the business evacuated and temporarily closed Thursday morning while waiting for a wildlife wrangler to arrive and capture the animal. Wildlife wrangler. Trevor Bounds with Red Beards Wild with Red Beards Wildlife Solutions that arrived like a show on Discovery Channel. Trevor Red, Bounds. I'm not making up. That's his name. Red Beards Wildlife Solutions. Wait a minute. A solution today on the Discovery today Channel. We're going to solve the problem to wildlife of a skunk in Walmart. This is Red Beards Wildlife Solutions. It would make it. It would. <laughs> you know, bears. Guess what? Bears go to the bathroom in the woods. Did you know that? I've seen the toilet paper commercial. I, I, I followed him. I got him. I got him on film. They do. Uh, Trevor Bounds with Redbeard's Wildlife Solutions arrived on the scene to remedy the potentially smelly situation. Bounds humanely trapped the skunk, and it oh, was to goodness. be examined by veterinarians at Wildlife, or excuse me, at Wildcare Oklahoma before being returned to the wild. The Walmart store was then they're going to ex- reopen. They're going to examine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a squirrel. I mean, that's a skunk and a squirrel, too. Yeah. He looks like a squirrel, but he's Well, a I get if it's rabbid or something, they don't want to re-release that. Yeah. It would have to maybe Well, who cares what music t- he listens to? I mean, come on. It's, oh, but, sorry. Uh, um, now, they, now, they took care of the skunk, so are we also going to take care of the guy that walks around Walmart with the with the tank top that he shouldn't be wearing with oh, shorts no. and a flip-flops? The, the stinky the, guy that does that? Or they're they're okay with smelly people, just not yeah. smelly animals. Okay. <laughs> I got the next news. <laughs> sorry. People of Walmart. Is From UPI. Not all people. Not we, all we're people. not saying no, all. We're not saying all people. Just not. It's the people that come out of close to midnight. <laughs> right. 
which is always a lot what of fun. What was that song in the 80s? Freaks come out at night. Remember that? Freaks come out at night. They do. Freaks come out at night. Sometimes they're out at noon or 10 to noon. <laughs> Here it's Carterville. Sometimes they're on the air. A Seattle, a Seattle arcade closed for eight months due to the COVID-19 pandemic, invented a new feature to bring back customers still concerned about spreading the virus, touchless pinball machines. I'll tell you about it. Could you use your eyes? Add a ball amusements in the Fremont neighborhood closed its doors in early March to slow the spread of the coronavirus outbreak. And co-owner Brad Johnson said employees started discussing possibilities to resume gaming before the business reopens its doors this week. He said employees worked on the idea for two days, revealing a prototype pinball machine modification operated completely by foot pedals. The business reopened at 50% capacity in accordance with COVID-19 guidelines, and the touchless pinball machines were revealed to the public. The business is also encouraging customers with Nintendo Switches to bring their portable consoles so they can play video games with friends there at the location. So there we go. More innovation, trying to stay open, trying to stay afloat as a business. I I applaud anybody that that tries to beat this crap that we're going through. You say that, that that helped pull me back from the ledge because my thought was wouldn't it just be easier to just wash your hands when you're done? Or just have the wipes or whatever right there I mean, on the side. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do anyway, right? So wash I mean, your hands. The whole point you know, is yeah. you just want to make sure you're not touching your face. Because we're going to we're going to grocery stores and shopping and no one's wearing gloves so we're right. touching the product and put them well, in the buggy and stuff, it's, but it's we're like, washing our hands. It's like so. the nature of somebody grabbing the bag and putting it on the tray and then handing the tray out the window so right. you could... How did the bag get on the tray? Right. Did it magically fly and, here? And I'm amazed. Someone touched you. Can't you just hand right. me my bag? I'm amazed by people who wear them. And and don't get me wrong. Follow the guidelines. Do what you're supposed to do. But if you're – some people are wearing masks and face shields in their car with their windows rolled up, which I don't get. A lot of the arcades closed down and whatnot. And there is I, – I discovered that there's a pinball machine museum in Asheville, North Carolina, and yeah, I did not know about that. Yeah, you did a story that. on that. But I, did, but I did not. I haven't been there, though, because it's closed right now due to what's going on. But as soon as it reopens, I'm actually going to uh, to check it out. So I, I would love to check it out. I, I have grown fan. into pinball. I used to always kind of like think it was kind of a neat sort of old thing when the arcades, because I right. like the glitter. I like the shiny baubles well, over here. Well, they changed them in the later ones. Are oh, like yeah. Crazy. Now they're almost as big as an arcade. I mean, they're almost as complex as an they, arcade game. They have game. multi-levels. They have parts where you use the screen on the back yep. thing to shoot things and but, stuff. It's crazy. I do love pinball. I, and fun. I found out I found when you get kind of get you good at it, you get a lot more money out of your quarter than you, you do at can't, most of the video games. People have to wait to play it. And uh, we could say this for another day, but pinball, ba- uh, the, the the backboards of pinball where they show the, the score, mm-hmm. the art of those over the years has been phenomenal. There's a whole there's a whole other issue we could talk about one day and, and showcase. Yeah. All right. Well, let's continue on. I've got the next news. It's also from UPI. A Taiwan student broke a Guinness World Record when he was able to bounce a soap bubble 290 times on his hand before it popped. You mean a you mean a bubble that you blow? Just yeah, to, to like a there. soap bubble. Like your kids, oh, wow. they love the little bubbles and they love the little straws and they make the little bubbles. Yeah, you want to make a record about something? Do what you can do. 200. Right? That's impressive. That's Chang Yute of Taiwan said he became interested in bubble performance. I didn't know that was a thing. Bubble performance in bubble performance. I think I've seen bubble performance before with DUI people bro- pulled At- over. <laughs> That's different. They're okay, blowing into sorry. a straw. It's a different one. Uh, after seeing a video online of someone else attempting the record, and he started to practice for his own attempt, Guinness tweeted a video showing Chang's official attempt. According wow. to uh, the story, he was able to complete 290 bounces with one single soap bubble. Okay, so I wonder what the consistency or what he made the soap bubble out of. Because Rubber. sometimes when I try when I try to do that, it pops the first time you touch it. So I don't know right. how you're you going to have to have something on your hand, and it's going to have to have 
have uh, silicone or something in it to help keep it cohesive. So, so you're getting into scientific stuff now at this yeah. point. That's where I'm going to get off the train. Okay, I got the next news. Bye. Have fun. Have fun uh, storming pop, the castle. It, it popped when I looked at it. I didn't <laughs> even have to touch it. Yeah. From UPI, a California athlete's speed is going viral for an unusual reason after she ran a mile in under six minutes. Does that not sound too that impressive? That doesn't sound very well, fast, keep actually. listening. I mean, it's kind of Ma- cool. McKenna Myler, 28, said her doctors cleared her to continue running with the Valor Track Club in Orange County five to six times a week. Myler's husband, Mike, bet her 100 bucks that she could not run a mile under eight minutes, and she decided to take him up on the challenge. Only one week before her due date. See, she's nine months pregnant. Shut the front door. There's the trick. There it is. Wow. So, she crushed the goal, finishing in the t- with a time of 5 minutes, 25 seconds. The average time for the female runner to complete a mile is 10 minutes, 40 seconds for the average. She did it in 5 minutes and 25 seconds, 9 months pregnant. Huh. So, is the baby in there running, too, to kind of give he's her... Like, he's on, he's on, the, he's on the, uh, <laughs> the, tread, the bouncy treadmill, the little treadmill that he's got in there going like, squint. Okay, Mom, I get it. You don't like me doing this in the middle of the night, but, I mean, come on. Can we stop after? I mean... Five minutes, I get. I don't. I, I my le- lesson learned. Speaking of that, have you seen the video? And you've 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 have kids, so you've yes, you've, I you've Gone through that. Yes, I have. Uh, I've seen video and people talking in my my better half when when she was pregnant with her two of movement in, mm-hmm. in the stomach, and it's weird. She said she was lying one day on her back, and all of a sudden, I can't remember which who she was carrying at the time. The, the baby decided to move over to the other side, and her whole belly just went yep. over to the right side. It's crazy. It feel like it feel like alien. To I me. can't it's even crazy. imagine what it'd be like to feel it moving inside you because it was I, weird for me to no see way. it from the outside. There's to put no my way. hand there and feel a foot or a knee kind of roll across inside. I'm like. I've watched this in The Exorcist. If they start writing the letters, help me, I'm in trouble. And we've seen Alien, too, by the way, with something inside. Right. So that's all horrific. But it's got to be something else, and it's just a a miracle of of what's going on. It's crazy. They're they're, they're special ladies to do what we can't do. We can never do that. But I've heard that only part of it is like having uh, you and I, the equivalent of passing kidney stones, which I've never done. Thank goodness I hear that's pretty close to doing something. But that's that's just, I don't have to do that. Yeah, no. I don't have any. Hats off to them. (laughs) That's right. Hats and shirts and everything else. BK on there. We got one more news flash when we come back after these messages. Your attention, please. WBHF and the Grand Theater are presenting the 1938 radio drama War of the Worlds on these airwaves. You will recognize many of the voices as they bring you one of the most impactful radio dramas of all time. War of the Worlds will be broadcast Thursday, October 29th at 7 p.m. and on Halloween night at 8 p.m. Your full and complete attention to this matter is mandatory. Do not, I repeat, do not miss War of the Worlds on WBHF. You will deeply regret it. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. I find your arguments strewn with gaping defects in logic. Well, that's uh, the basis of this show, you know. So, uh, anyway, we get a little distracted by the TV on uh, in the radio station here in the studio. We've got a, something playing on the top of it. Oh, we got a, space got a space story coming up. We're looking at the hey, space station right now. What's the odds? ironic that that what is. Because uh, we, we, uh, we ran out of a little time, so we've got one more news. <laughs> one more news. Uh, <laughs> right. I was running out of air. <laughs> I like, oh, speaking of that... <laughs> Funny, I didn't even think about that. Did it again. Well, the crew of the International Space Station plugged a long-standing air leak after locating the source with the help of a tea bag. Did uh, you know this? This is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Russian space agency Roscosmos. 
Roscosmos. Roscosmos. A Russian space agency, Roscosmos, said the station had been experiencing mysterious air leak. I told you, touch nothing. Remember that movie? Thank you, Colossus. What was that? What was that movie with the asteroid? They had to split it in half. Oh, Bruce Willis. Uh, There's two of them. Deep Armageddon. Deep Impact. Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon. That, that was. The Remember they had to go refuel the at the right. Russian space station. Right. And what's that character actor? I know you're talking about. I told you don't touch nothing. And they blow it all up. Turns fire everywhere. He's yeah. like he's a drunk cosmonaut. I've been up here for seven years. I can't feel my feet got, anymore. Got two great uh, asteroids headed toward Earth to hit us. Movies and both of them kind of stunk. So. <laughs> Sorry, well, I prefer Armageddon, at least. That was when yeah. Michael Bay actually had fun with his movie without being yeah. stupid. Yeah, still had some Bay-isms in it, though. <laughs> it was it was a Bay me. movie. Yeah. Well, Roscosmos Space Agency uh, said that the station had been experiencing a mysterious air leak since September of 2019. But the leak was minor enough that fixing it... This is this is Russia for you. <laughs> yeah. That fixing it wasn't considered a priority until not. the leak rate increased this they're, past August. They're tough in Russia. We know that. They Look, we're here, losing though. air, but we make it faster. <laughs> hey, Houston, <laughs> we're now leaking air faster than we can make. Maybe this is something we should have fixed a long but, time ago. But it's not problem. Well, isn't that a typical thing <laughs> that just problem. humanity in general, we, we know there's something that needs fixing, but we're like, but it's not really inconveniencing me yet. Right. So instead of actually fixing it, we wait till it becomes a horrible right. problem, and then we're like oh. mad that it that it's broken. Oh, I'm that way with my house. <laughs> All the time, I'm like, that's not really a problem right now. You know, I, can't, I have a slow leak in my tire, and I can't. It keeps losing yeah. air. Yeah, and I even why won't a, it even, fix itself? I even have a computer readout on my vehicle now telling me that. In the old days, I wouldn't know that. Uh, well, okay. So Roscosmos said the source of the leak was finally found when the cosmonaut and uh, Anatoly, excuse me, and Anatoly, Anatoly, if I can learn how to say his name, Anatoly Ivanshin broke open a tea bag, allowing leaves to float in the air. Then they transferred through the chamber. Well, as they followed where in this kind of you know zero g environment, the crew was able to find where those little bits of the tea were floating, and they were able to seal off the area and then monitored the leaves on a video camera, noting where the fragments went. They were able to find a tiny scratch in the wall that was then confirmed to be the source of the leak. In typical Russian format, they just put a piece of tape over it. So what you're saying is <laughs> if they hadn't had tea on board Well that's what that story exploded. says anyway. Or imploded or blown out. I would have thought you would have been able to do something like go on the outside and see where the where it was venting out. But okay, right. whatever. Or pour something in the air and see where it's coming out, like some red Kool Aid or something. I would have like that. thought that if you're in a space <laughs> station, any air leak, I don't care if it's quote minor, yeah, is kind of a priority. Be a problem. I mean, look at your little air gauge and see if it's see if it's starting to go down quicker than it normally would. You know, because yeah. that's when I started biting my nails watching Apollo 13. Is when their air got down to a, just a certain point. They got to really just put it all together and yeah. use this equipment that they had. Talk about some innovation you know the guys on the ground in apollo 13 those are the heroes not the astronauts i just had a brief but, image i can't crazy. remember what show it was if it was gilligan's island or something some show where they were running out of oxygen they go well well just just hold your nose with one side so you only that way you're only using half the air i don't I'm remember like, that i wonder what show that I'm was like, on it doesn't work half the air but it was funny because like just do, just breathe through one nostril it'll be less air do you remember a view to a kill roger moore's last james bond film mm -hmm. where they where they not they're going to 
they knocked him out and put him in the Rolls Royce and, and oh yeah, and he the, used the, the air from the tire and he opened the air and got it underwater. He couldn't come up because he knew they'd kill him. So he sees them up there and he opens the air on the tire and breathes the air underwater. I don't know how feasible that is, but I guess I don't want to try it. But maybe it I would work. say I short know. term, yeah, it, it better than drowning because I don't know how how well you can make a, a seal around that little valve to keep the water from getting in with the air. So I don't know. You would probably be really innovative if you were desperate enough. You could probably you could probably make it work. Well, there was a story last week that I didn't get to that I want to get to now. Coming Wednesday night, the Christmas classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, see Santa Claus, and an incredible snow monster in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Merry Christmas! Wednesday at 8, 7 Central and Northern, here on CBS. This is from uh, Summer Brokaw from UPI. Rudolph and Santa puppets from the holiday classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, will go up for auction in November and the auction house Profiles in History announced Thursday. Quote, the magic about collecting memorabilia is that when your eyes focus upon the object, you are taken back to a time during your youth when your senses were overwhelmed with amazement, wonder, and joy as you were watching a favorite movie or television program, the auction house stated in a comment. The puppets used in the filming for the 1964, that's when that was filmed, in 64, Christmas stop-motion animated television special will be up for auction on Friday, November 13th at 11 a.m., Pacific on the Profiles in History website through internet-based wow. bidding. You know, uh, did you have you ever seen the size of the the, the claymation type yeah. things that they use for movies? And I've seen those, how big they are. But sometimes the the size of them will, will really surprise I, you. I'm always blown away when I when we went to Universal Studios just after. Uh, this is a long time ago, but after uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas had come out, which is in a theater again right now, by the way. Nightmare I was Christmas. like, oh my God, I'm looking at things that are on the big screen. Yeah. These things were like the, the size of Jack Skellington's head was probably the size or maybe smaller than a ping pong ball. Which would make it hard, harder. You'd think they would have made them bigger, <laughs> which is but crazy. But I yeah. also, I just think it's amazing that they build these miniature sets, this miniature world, but you lose track because everything in the movie scales when they put it on the big screen. And it doesn't look tiny. It doesn't. Uh, depending on how you shoot it with the camera and the, and, the, and the ratio and the aspect or whatever. Now, the owners of the puppets, collector Peter Lutrario, has decided to pass on ownership to a new owner. Japanese puppet maker Ichiro Kumo crafted the puppets from wood, wire, cloth, leather, and yak hair. The Santa puppet is 11 inches tall, and the San and the Rudolph puppet puppet is six inches tall. Despite being over 55 years old, Rudolph's nose still shines bright because of the maintenance done on it over the years. Wow! The tale of the reindeer overcoming rejection by his peers because of his red nose has reached iconic status pop culture in the 50 plus years since its original airing. The primary character puppets are expected to fetch 100 between 150,000 to 250,000 at the auction, according to the flipbook. Okay, so it's outside of my range. Okay, I just, yeah, yeah. I was just getting excited. Bit, I was going to look into I mean, this. It was close to more like 50 grand or 60, you could have gotten one. <laughs> and if it was 10 or 20 bucks, maybe I could have gotten one. Historic uh, Historian Rich uh, Goldschmidt for Rankin Bass Productions, that's who produced the show, uh, provided the behind-the-scenes photos used in the uh, auction catalog, and his books on the history of the studio that produced the 64 special are available on his website. That's miserbrothers.com, M-I-S-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. You can go check it out there and find out all about it. Yes. That's See, probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, and it's a TV movie. It's not even a, motion, a theater film. That's probably my favorite Christmas movie as a kid, and I still, to this day, love that production. Totally. Well, we make we, we we 
we comment on it all the time. When we Every talk year about the Island Christmas of Misfit, comes around, yeah. Misfit Toys, we talk about it as a production. We watched all the anim- all the stop frame motion uh, things that we used to watch as kids. I loved all of them. The you know um, the year without a Santa Claus, Frosty the Snowman, Frosty the Snowman. made by Rankin Bass. They as also well. had uh, a little drummer boy for a long time. Was right. was the same thing. I know that one. Well, that had religious overtones. Well, all right, because you know Christmas doesn't Christmas, have religious yeah, overtones. Please. But okay, whatever. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, but I, I loved all of them, and still to this day. I'm transported to being a kid, seeing it for the first time. For me, not that it, when it aired, but for me, seeing it the first time, I become that every year when it comes on. Oh, I do. There's several things that you and I can watch that will instantly take us back to to, to where we were. And, and television shows does it does it for me for for certain reasons and certain ones. But for the most part, the 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 um that the holiday ones do more than anything else. And I do have another I have another story here that I can't I don't have time to get to at the top of the hour here. Another beloved holiday special it has to do with halloween which is coming up with charlie brown oh, I but i know it's where you're going too and it's not it's it's kind of a, it's sort of a sad story but it, it has a happy ending sort of we'll talk about that too i know exactly but, where you're going we talked of, about a lot it this of them have it on uh, home video dvd blu-ray or whatever too and uh, i've got more stories coming up we, we teased about a show that's coming to disney plus that was an old lucasfilm production from the late 80s that's going to have its own television show and i have this story to broaden our minds later i have a story that uh, doctors may have found a new organ hidden inside our head that they didn't know about. What? What? And I didn't know an about organ? that until then. Yeah, an organ. Not a part of the brain. No. Something completely separate. Uh, it's considered an organ. Wow. But you have more than one of them. But they may have found one inside the brain that they did not know about. We'll have that story come up. And uh, this day in history we'll talk about. And there's going to be a Harry Potter reunion, at least according to Tom Felton Malfoy. He wants to put one together. And uh, I also skipped this story last week, and I'll do it today, too. I didn't put it on Facebook. But uh, we'll give you the 10 best locations in the United States for UFO enthusiasts to buy a home. Where you're probably guaranteed to see a UFO if you buy them in one of these places. UFO Alley. You ever seen one? Nope. I've seen things that I couldn't, I didn't know what they were, but I don't know. Well, yeah, if you go aliens. by the definition. Yeah, unidentified flying objects, but yeah, we don't know about that. I've then seen UFOs me. on the ground <laughs> at Walmart. Speaking on there, it's Tatu. Life moves, and we move with it. Shall we raise our shields, Captain? At ease, Mr. Chekhov. Again with the shields. I wish you'd just relax and enjoy the amazing picture clarity of the direct TV HD we just hooked up. With what Starfleet just ponied up for this big screen TV, settling for cable would be illogical. <clears throat> what? I can't use that line? For picture quality that beats cable, you've got to get Direct TV. So, uh, we'll get your mother later and go to the movies. Dad, we forgot the peanut butter. Can we buy Superman peanut butter? Our brand's fine, honey. Have you ever tasted Superman peanut butter? Its strength is its great taste. Mmm, delicious. Smooth and creamy, a real fresh roasted peanut flavor. It's nutritious too. Superman peanut butter. Its strength is its great taste. Stand by to receive our transmission. Hey, it's Pete Count there. We're back. I want to remind everyone that uh, you can still hear the show. If you miss it on Saturday, go to Anchor or SoundCloud or YouTube and check out the BK on the Air podcast. That's when I take the show and turn it into a podcast. I give it different parts and kind of make it bionic and augmented. I, I, I flood it with gamma rays and make it mad, and it gets really big and green. <laughs> and it gets mad, and it uh, turns into a podcast, and it's kind of fun. Well, wait a minute. To hear that. That's the classic. Yeah. The new one is like, 
Well, hello there. <laughs> I'm the Hulk. And you know, that's, that goes with the comic books, by the way. For a long time, the Peter David written comic book, uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned a comic book writer, uh, Alan Moore and, and Chris Claremont and, and John Byrne, a lot of those writers. Frank from Miller. Comics, Frank Miller. Mm. Peter David should be put in there, too, because he was a fantastic writer, and he wrote the Hulk for a long time. And that he's the guy that merged the Hulk and made him intelligent. And he was actually part of a group called the Pathion for a while with David Banner's brain. So I'm glad to see that they did that in the Avengers movie and carried that over. It was almost jarring because I did had right. I not known that that's where the comic book had gone right. before. But I love is they don't really even they just go yeah we find a way to kind of merge the two and they just move yeah. on. They, they don't they really don't, they don't linger on it. Yeah, they don't make it a point. It's yeah. like you either accept it or you don't. But we got the, we got the, we got a bigger story to tell. And that's another thing about those films that make them great is they kind of they don't they don't talk down to you a lot. You know, so uh, really, so Back to the Future is kind of BS, huh? <laughs> that was a great line. All that Back to the Future stuff doesn't mean anything, right? And when they're talking about going back in time, he's like, yeah, going back in time. You know, Back to the Future, Star Trek Four and the Whales, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> it's like, why did you use that reference? Well, it's a time machine movie. I got this from CBS News. It is coming up to Halloween, and we just talked about the memorabilia, or rather the, uh, the, the uh, puppets from... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer TV movie being sold at auction, which how how cool would it be if you and I had money? Well, that'd be cool mm-hmm. anyway. That'd be great. But if we had money to buy maybe some kind of real movie memorabilia to put on display in our home or just to have one little something from a movie that you've watched all along. I mean, I've seen it where they where they uh, auction off Jaws or Raiders of the Lost Ark clapper boards when they're filming, right. just with it still written on I there. I still think that would be and awesome. That would that, Talk about a great thing to put in a, in a, in a case or something. No, don't ever. I, I, not even I touch that. I don't want any of the writing to come off. Don't touch that. Wear gloves. So to, to own something like that would be would be incredible. Uh, or like maybe one of the original models from Star Wars to have one of the X-Wing fighters that they shot, that ILM shot on camera mm. with the little Luke's head or whatever, little R2-D2. Anything like that would be, would be great. Uh, I heard that somebody somebody still has the idol from uh, the beginning of the Raid of the Lost Ark, the little gold idol. Oh, the little head. Yeah, I mean, some of the filmmakers still have them. For the longest time, Leonard Nimoy still had a couple of his ears in a glass case on his wall and, and <laughs> Uh, on the Star Trek his wall, Spock that he had. Ears. his Spock extensions. Well, I got another story here. This has this is not Christmas for Rudolph. This has to do with Halloween. Did you know? This is some CBS News. Charlie Brown's holiday specials, not just the one about the it's the Great Pumpkin, but none of them will air on TV for the first time in decades. None of them will be on regular for television anymore. Over fifty anymore. years, at least fifty years, and that's that'll take care of our lifetime that we've got left. Probably, oh. well, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm planning on living forever. I don't know about you. I mean, was it? it nice. It's fifty-four years ago that the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown aired for the first time, and fifty plus for Rudolph. Wow. And we've been watching them how long? You know, is this timeless? We were, we were talking the other day about the Little Rascals and our gang. They were done in the third, in the early twenties. Through the 30s and some of the 40s uh, uh, at the time. And my nephew, who grew up in the 90s, were watching them. And he loved them. Mm. Even well, don't then. forget they rebooted that with a movie, too. They had a Little Rascals they movie. They did. And you know that movie was cute. It was okay. They, they all acted just like the old kids. They weren't the old kids. But it was still, it was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they released not too long ago a photo of that entire cast now. Of that, of that, That's of the that stuff movie. that kills me. Here's your Mighty crazy. Ducks today. Here's the cast of Goonies one of them posing a, in the same pose. One of them had a grandson the other day for the first time. I'm like, what? He had a what? No. Well, this story is about Charlie Brown holiday specials. Each year, local stations announce the much-anticipated air dates of the iconic Charlie Brown Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas specials. The animated specials have aired on ABC for the past... See, I didn't even know this because growing up, I watched them on CBS. It just that was the network they were shown. But they've been shown on ABC for the past 20 years. Hmm. I didn't know that that had been going on that long. They jumped networks to ABC. Now, families can 
still continue the tradition of watching Charlie Brown around the holidays. It's not all lost, by the way, but it will be a bit different starting this year, not next year. Apple TV Plus announced this week that it made a deal with Peanuts Worldwide and Lee Mendelson Film Productions to stream the specials, including A Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965, Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving, that one came out in 1973 originally, first year, uh, second year of school for me, since the second grade, and It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, from the year I was born, 1966. There's the there's the year for all three of those. I'd forgotten that the Thanksgiving one was the later one. There's the last one, yeah. Apple TV Plus will be getting new original features, too, with the Peanuts characters. So they're going to be producing new animated specials, by the way. Well, I never saw um, the 3D animated movie that came out a couple either. years ago, so I don't know if it was any good. In a statement to CBS News, a rep for Apple confirmed that the specials will only be available on Apple TV Plus, which you have to, it's one of those subscription services. Each will be available for free for a short period of time. Then Peanuts fans will have to pay to watch Charlie Brown, Snoopy, and their friends. You'll have to pay to watch her pull that football out from under him over and, and over, over and, and him over. go. <laughs> Charlie Brown. And, and I joke about it. And people get mad, but I do say it sometimes. I'm like, Charlie Brown is really kind of a loser in certain ways. He's a, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of a little kind of a loser. Can I, I ask, was that way growing up. I got to ask you a question because it <laughs> so, never bothered me as a kid. Because it was funny as a kid. How did the people know it was Charlie Brown to give him the rocks? See, I don't know. That's a good was question. Was it just because he know. didn't know that you only cut two eye holes in his sheet? And he <laughs> I don't know. Cut that's like 12? Good, that's a good, I don't know. But maybe they just knew it was him. Oh, that's only, only Charlie and Brown would do by that. By the way, yeah. what adult thinks, oh, it's Charlie Brown. I'm giving him rocks. <laughs> yeah, who is that? That person's yard. It wasn't getting, just one. Hey. He had a whole bag full of rocks. Every one of those houses are getting TP'd next year, if that's me, Oh, <laughs> by the way. They'll be like, I'll give you your rocks back. How about that? What are all these eggs doing on my SUV? <laughs> I don't know. They're all stuck I, to it. Yeah. That's I, the same question I have about Rudolph, the Red News Reindeer, at the end where Santa's throwing all the gifts out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're oh, yeah, you, you, you got to throw out the gifts, throw out the gifts. They throw out all the gifts, you know, at the end. Well, they throw out the bird without a parachute. Because all the other presents have parachutes when he throws them out of the sleigh. The umbrellas well, they throw the bird or, out because yeah. he can't fly. Well, they just threw him out. I got to go back. You said that, and I don't they remember do. that. They and thro- I know they throw them all out. The bird can't fly. Because I remember so they got the they... little they got the little elf on the on the on the right. sleigh ledge at the end. He's giving them the umbrella so they can all like yeah fly. The, down. the umbrella, not a, not a, it's not a. Uh, that's right. It's not a parachute. It's, it's an, umbrella. an umbrella. The bird just gets thrown out. There you go. Bing. <laughs> I can't fly. That's why I was on the island of Misfit Vicky on there, stay tuned. We'll be back with more zany and funny stuff when we come back. Way back in 1988, when I was young, the American Cancer Society taught me that a low-fat, high-fiber diet could reduce the risk of cancer. I gave up some of my vices, didn't drink too much, ate my vegetables, especially those rich in vitamins A and C, and every bite was delicious. Today, I'm 82 and still having a blast. Ready for warp speed, Commander. Execute. The American Cancer Society knows eating right can reduce the risk of cancer. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturdays. No coffin could ever hold him. Dracula is alive. 
risen from the grave. Dracula, the most fearsome name in any language. The most feared being ever to haunt the living. There is a girl. Maria. Bring her to me. During the hours of darkness, she must never be left alone. Bring her to me. Christopher Lee, Rupert Davis, Veronica Carlson, Hammer's new star discovery, Dracula's most beautiful victim. Dracula has risen from the grave. <laughs> you notice in that in that, in that promo? Right. Yeah. He's like, he's talking like this, but then all of a sudden he comes, and then a Dracula is right. from the grave. I'm like, wait, why, why'd you change your voice for his name? That's a clip from, uh, that's the trailer from Dracula Has Risen from the no, Grave. Since it's getting close. Dracula. <laughs> getting close say it to, correctly. to October. We got to remember that next Saturday. Dracula. Every time we say a, crass, a classic monster name, we need to say it like the old. So we're sitting there talking about Frankenstein. You know? I'm talking about Dracula. So that's the first, that is the first hammer horror film I ever saw. I saw it late night on a Saturday night when I would sneak back up and watch television. I don't know why my mom didn't like me getting back up to watch TV late at night on Saturdays because or Fridays. And that's when I would do it because I didn't have to go to school the next day. I didn't have to get up. Hey, you're still a kid. You got to go to bed. I'm like, why? Why? I would sneak back into the living room. My mom had mom ears. And it was hard to, you know, it's hard to, you're a parent. We now, know, you know what mom's, hard we, to do. dad ears are the same. But I was, I was that kind of guy that, you know, how you you develop a virus for a, for a computer, then people would develop something to defeat it, and you develop a worse virus or whatever. Right. I was that way. If my mom could hear, I could. I came up with creative ways where she wouldn't hear me, sneak in, do this or whatever. So I'd have to go into the living room, and we had a door going into the living room from the hallway, believe it or not. So I had to walk through the hall past her room with a wooden floor that had creaking alarms on it. <laughs> Which is great, which means later on as a teenager, we couldn't come home late from a date because she would hear it. You know, it was an alarm. So I had to do that and get creative and uh, and watch it that way. 770-386-1450 is our number. Somebody's on the line right now. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is BR, BK, and Alan. Hey, um, you know, it's better than being BS, right? Those, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> I was going to call myself that. It right. is synonymous with the BR, but anyway, right. uh, yeah, you're talking about just sneaking up on Saturday nights. Mine was yeah. Dr. Shock. Theater. Shock Theater. Out of Chattanooga. That's right. I watched, I, I watched the same guy who's on Channel 9 from Chattanooga. Yes, sir, it was. And everybody, every region of the United States had a had a horror host with a that was had, that dressed up like Dracula and did it. Uh, Spinguli still does it on MeTV yep. out of Chicago. Yep. But yeah, we all had them, and I used to watch him, too. I'm very familiar with Shock Theater. Yeah, that's, uh, that was just, you know, when you said about sneaking out and sneaking up and trying yeah. to watch it, whatever, because I had to go... Down, like you said, fundamentally down the hall right. in the little secret room. That's right. With the little thirteen, with the thirteen inch, you know, <laughs> right. click, 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 yep. click, click, click. Oh, when you turn the channels on the old television, kids don't know this nowadays. Yep. And when you get to, when you go to UHF, you went from fourteen to to up to the seventies, and you're like trying to click those. I'm like, why is this on channel? Uh, 65. Why have I got to go all the way up and it's clicked so loud? You know your mom's going to hear it and wake up. But you're right. That's awesome that you got to watch the same guy that I did on television. Yeah, you know, and then the, uh, the first remote controls, uh, my uncle had one, the Curtis Mathis, who I would try to sneak when I would spend the night over there. Yeah. But it was a click, click, Those are loud click. <laughs> Right. You so, know, and you're just sitting there. You got carpal tunnel syndrome from trying right, to go right. from two to forty, you is know, that, to thirty. Is that why my thumb muscles to this day are still really big? I think I wonder after working out. <laughs> 
did, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't didn't the guy on Shock Theater, at least in Chattanooga, didn't he have the puppet that was the bat, the little bat puppet with him? Yeah, Dingbat. Dingbat. Yeah, Dingbat. <laughs> that was great. Dingbat. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, man, I'm glad you called to tell us that you listened. You watched it as well. It was great growing up to have memories like that and see that. All right, buddy. Have a good great afternoon, guys. Good to hear right, from bye you. Bye. Keep listening. All right, bye bye. I've said this before. Oh, Our first great. remote control was my dad hit me on the back of the head. <laughs> Turn the channel. Put it on channel seven. And not okay. only not only were we the remote control, I got sent outside to turn the antenna to the other side. Well, we station. told you we, we were ritzy. We had a rotor. Oh, you were like my grandparents. They had yeah. that. You want to talk about making noise though? The first one would like inside. You'd hear it. It was like a modern day MRI machine. Because you weren't hearing the thing outside. It was almost like it was sending a a mechanical pulse to turn them just (laughs) a degree or something. So my dad would do this thing and we'd go, and you'd hear that. So if if you try to sneak up and watch, I don't know, Three Stooges late at night on a Friday night. They're on the other station. And you're like, I got to turn the antenna. You just try well, to get away with it. I learned we had a we had to talk about the our old Zenith console. Right, had one of those the teams wood when you turned cabinet. the thing it was like thunk when you heard yeah. it. And Loud. I learned if you took both fingers, both hands, and did it very slowly, and it, you, you were could, like you were like a shock absorber. You could feel where it was going to roll to the next like <laughs> right. whatever it's going on. I did that too, and you could go yeah. very slow, and it would be like okay, I could be very quiet, yeah. just very slow, change the channel. But I can do it now. See, that's the, the, the never the mind turn- the glow in the house right. can be seen <laughs> under every doorway. The turning the antenna thing came in handy because when I had to turn it, we. We didn't have the power thing, so it was silent. I'd went outside and just turned it outside. Now, if it was raining, I didn't care. I still come Dad, back. the poles wet, rusty. So. How do you know? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic, and I'm glad he called up to to to, to know. Now I know that uh, all the cities had the local host that mm-hmm. did that. A lot of the major markets had that, which was great. And that's kind of the flair. That's kind of the flair. Two that I try to bring to this show every Saturday morning. That kind of thing is that sort of feeling. And then you find included. out how universal some of our early experiences really are. Right. I mean, you snuck up and watched TV. Sound like you, he did. Too. Here's we what all I, did it. My mom and dad, when in their in the family room, we had a kind of a, a it was like a little step down dais, and then there was the kitchen, and then we had one of those things in the '70s, which was a sort of like a bar kitchen area where you could right. sit. Well. The TV, my mom and dad put the couch with the back of the couch to the kitchen area. So when they were watching TV at night, their back was to the kitchen. So we could sneak into the kitchen and we would sit behind the counter and just watch the TV from that room and hope that they didn't come in the kitchen needing a drink of water or something because then they were going to catch us. (laughs) I told you I got busted one night wanting to see Santa Claus. I'm like, I'm not going to bed. I'm just going to go down and see him with my flashlight. Little did I know, mom was already in the kitchen, hadn't gone to bed yet. She nailed me like, get your butt back. Oh, I got I got nailed pretending I was just going to stay in the bathroom. I was like, I'll just sneak into the bathroom. They won't come look for me here. No, no one uses the bathroom. Apparently, my mom was checking first on us that we were asleep and goes, wait, Alan's not in his bed. Because as a kid, yeah. I didn't think about that. Right. Yeah, your mom loved you and wanted to make sure you're safe and she secure. She already kissed me goodnight and closed and the door. T- <laughs> She's not coming back till morning. I just wish she didn't care for me just tonight and didn't check. It's amazing so. how the kid brain, like, in my mind, if well, I sneak into the bathroom, they won't know where I am. Dracula's risen from the grave. A fantastic memory for me. I loved Christopher Lee's Dracula. It's probably one of my favorite actors to portray Dracula. Be calm there. Stay tuned. we got more scary stuff. We're at Monster Stadium. Frankenberry steps to the plate. I'll fill it with my delicious strawberry-flavored cereal, Frankenberry. You're out! A good nutritious breakfast with Count Chocula is a real hit. Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Both you guys are dying. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture, collector's close-ups. It's Mr. Spock. You can get Star Trek The Motion Picture Collector's Close-Ups. Two on each specially marked box of the monster cereals. He has walked through centuries, untouched by time. He has seen empires rise 
and fall. He possesses the wisdom of the ages. Throughout eternity, no man has ever provoked such terrible fear and such haunting desire. Dracula, starring Frank Langella with Laurence Olivier. I am the last of my kind, descended from a conquering race, but I must warn you to take good care. If at any time my company does not please you, you will have only yourself to blame. Oh God, help my poor soul. Dracula, the story of the greatest lover who ever lived, died and lived again. Dracula. Rated R. Give it up. Podcast Magazine presents The Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between. The Hot 50 Countdown is here. Oh, it's BK on the air. We're back. I always loved, I loved sneaking back up in the middle of the night to watch movies because that's where everybody everybody wonders, what did you see all these movies? You know, I, I, I did, did I ever tell you I tried to sit down once and write down every movie I've ever seen since I was a kid? You know, just from my memory. I remember a lot of them. That's the, I don't remember a lot. My memory's wow. not great, but I do remember whether I've seen a movie or not, and that's just part. Maybe that's why I do remember all of that, and my brain doesn't have room for anything else. That's why I was no good at math. It was filled up with movies and stuff like that. And I think to this day, probably now, I'm probably up close to seeing probably seven or 8,000 movies in my lifetime because it was 5,000-plus about 10 or 15 years ago. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. Uh, I've seen a lot of – and I include TV films. If it mm-hmm. was a movie – I, I include it. And oh, I yeah, the made-for-TV movies, the made-for-TV miniseries, those were... Still a movie. Yeah. But it's good to sit down and talk about that and watch it. And you've never you've never seen them. Do yourself a favor. If you, if, if you do anything, maybe this year, maybe next Halloween, or just whenever, you don't have to wait till Halloween. The Hammer produced films from Bray Studios, Hammer Films in the UK, did uh, did a lot of... They, they decided to bring back the old classic universal horror monsters like Frankenstein, Wolfman, The Phantom of the Opera, The the, the Werewolf, Dracula, the, uh, Dracula mummy. All, a mummy. All of those they brought back in glorious, shocking technicolor in the late... Because so, no one's seen them in color since right. the, in the 30s. When Think you about the that. Real, that was the selling point. Yeah. The red blood of Dracula when he would bite the gals on the neck and the, and the dripping blood from his fangs and everything. Christopher Lee to this day still is my favorite Dracula because he's the one I grew up with. I mean, no offense to Lugosi, no offense to anyone else who's played Dracula. Christopher Lee is considered by many to be one of the best Draculas that, that's ever existed. Give them a watch sometime. That you, I don't think you'll be disappointed because they're so well done. They all are connected to each other. They're in the same cinematic universe. A lot of them are in their own little thing because they end with the scene from the last one. Even the Frankenstein ones end with the scene from the last film carrying it on. So they're great. Let's do a little This Day in History. Today it is October 24th it's getting close to halloween you we are, are a so week excited away excited a week saturday a week it's getting closer you know it's gonna it's two gonna drag weeks. but it's no, gonna not go two weeks fast. one week on this day in history in 1881 october the 21st levi p morton u.s ambassador to france drives the first rivet into the statue of liberty 
Oh, wow. On this day in history. I hope it didn't hurt her too bad. Uh, in 1939, nylon stockings on this date in 1939 go on sale for the very first time in Wilmington, Delaware. Isn't it amazing? And they've pretty much gone away. And they've gone away. And and, and do they come back and go away or do, will they ever come back? I don't know. It's weird. It's, um, it's weird because now you have all these women that are older. That yeah. can't understand how you go out in public without pantyhose right. on. And you've got girls that grew up like our age that are now women that are going, thank God we don't have to wear those things anymore. <laughs> right. And some guys, too. Uh, in 1946. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, on this day in 1946, a camera aboard the V-2 number 13 rocket launched from White Sands, United States, takes the first photograph of Earth ever from outer space on this date. We finally get to see what we look like. Up from in orbit. Smaller. And it's not flat. <laughs> Some people think. A sad note on this date, on this day in history, 1991, Gene Ronberry passed away. That's the same year Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country was released. And I understand he did get to see a print a print of it uh, a few weeks before his death. Mm. He finally did get to see that last film with the classic. I film. thought it did a great job wrapping up the classic actor franchise. It did. It did. I, I still think in some in some ways uh, Star Trek VI is a little rushed, I think, in places. But uh, they wanted to hurry up and get it together because it was their anniversary year for Star Trek as well. And uh, they wanted to get it out. But, yeah, it is, it is a crowd-pleasing Star Trek film. Uh, another death on this date, and uh, Pat McCormick, and you guys were just talking about him a few weeks ago during the uh, animation voices, 1997, Don Messick passed away. 2003 on this date, the Concorde made its last commercial flight on this date in 2003 in history. You know, I never got to fly on the Concorde, but I really would like to have flown on that supersonic thing. I don't know if it felt any different from being on a regular airliner. I wouldn't want to have been on the last, that, that one that crashed, that, that, that had to blow out in the engine that time. But what caused that Concorde to, to crash? Was did the I, th- I think the was it the tire blew out and it went through the it went through the engine or something I can't like remember. that? I think something like that happened. But it, there's video. I know there there is talk about bringing hypersonic flight back with a to new design yeah. jet. I, I always love seeing stuff like that because mm-hmm. it just means technology. Love it's innovation. Fantastic. Uh, this day, another uh, death on this day, 2017. One of my favorite uh, singers back in the 50s and 60s, and just timeless. They introduced me to him as a kid. My parents did. Fats Domino passed away. On this date, I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. That's the song Richie's Cunningham always sung on Happy Days. Yeah. Is he going out to Lookout? Was it Makeout Point or Lookout Point they went to? I think it was Makeout Point, they called it. Birthdays on this date. Bob Kane's birthday is today. He died in 1988, the co-creator of Batman. Oh, that Bob Bob Kane. Kane. I'm thinking Crane. Bob Kane, K-A-N-E, uh, actor F. Murray Abraham. His birthday is today. Actor, been in a lot of things. Very good actor. He was in Star Trek uh, Wasn't he married Insurrection. To, was he married to Jessica Tandy? No, who's the- No, who's that, the, was, uh, that oh, was Hugh, the guy from Cocoon. Hugh, Hugh, Cro- Hugh Cronin. Uh, Hugh Cronin. Yeah, Hugh was Cronin. Her, I think, yeah. Uh, American actor, who I'm a big fan of today's birthday, Kevin Klein. Birthday today. I always liked Kevin Klein. Anything he's in, he's really good. He's in just about very He's in my, one of my wife's favorite movies of all time. It's like The Big Chill. She loves that movie. And uh, I'm like, well, honey, you were a wild college girl. Of course you love it. Well, it's amazing. Won an Academy <laughs> Award for Best Supporting Actor in the movie. You know? I, t- I can't Jamie remember. Lee Curtis. What did a fish he, called Oh, a fish Wanda. called Wanda, which was a fantastically Everybody funny Everybody goes, wait movie. a minute. You, you can make get an Academy Award for doing a comedy? Sure. Well, if you're he's like, funny, yeah. If you're funny. And you got a great British director, uh, Mike, uh, Charles Crichton, directing it, mm-hmm. a guy that directed a lot of shows that it's I remember. It's still a great up, movie. It is a fantastic movie. And... Uh, an American actor who does the best Val Kilmer impression of anybody in the world's birthday is today, B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong. It's his birthday. If you close your eyes and listen to that guy talk, you swear, you swear it's Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer before his throat cancer. His, right. His voice, yeah, his voice yeah, okay, yeah. Now, not Val Kilmer. Not, not Val Kilmer. Yeah, I'll just not make fun of Val Kilmer. I'm not making fun. But I'm, how, isn't he in Maverick, the new Top Gun movie? He's credited for being be. in it. 
what are they going to do about that? I wonder if they're going to digitally and, enhance his voice I don't or know. something. I don't know. It's going to be I, interesting. I mean, if they get BD Wong that. to do his VO. They could. They could. Yeah. They could. When, when If you Isn't go see crazy? the first Chris Pratt Jurassic World. Right. And the BD Wong that's a little bit more older now and seasoned, when you right. close your eyes, that's Val Kilmer's Just voice. listen to his voice. It's Val Kilmer it's from, crazy. from Batman Forever or whatever movie he's in. And by the way, let's, let me just say this about uh, Val Kilmer. I'm a huge Val Kilmer fan. He's a great actor. He's really great usually at everything that he's in. Now, I got a, I got a story coming up here about a TV show that Disney wants to do, uh, an old Lucas show that he was, he was a part of, by the way. He was one of the favorite things about it. And he was one of the it. best things about it. Yeah, he was very Han Solo-ish in it. And Funny. I'll, and I'll make, I'll make a comparison. Comparison to that when we, when we get to it. Uh, f- number one in the box office. Let's stick with 91 because that's when Gene Roddenberry passed away. 1991, uh, the biggest movie I think you could go see this week if you went to the movies in 1991 was The Fisher King with Robin Williams and Jeff That's Bridges, a really good movie. Talk about movie. another uh, di- Monty Python directed. It yeah, was, Terry um, Gillum. Terry Gillum. That's right. And he, a lot, I like a lot of Terry Gillum's movies. They're Time all, Bandits. They're all quirky, but yet uh, they're so Brazil. Uh, well, uh, yeah, the, his the, movies the are incredible. Bar- Adventures of Baron, Baron, Baron Munchausen. Von yeah. Munchausen. We're, we're, all his movies were, were great. Oh, didn't he crazy. direct um, oh, uh, uh, Time Bandits? Time Bandits. And, and the other one, the, the weird uh, uh, 12 Monkeys. He directed Twelve that Monkeys. too. That was That's great. That's another weird futuristic movie. And today, it is National Something Day today. It's October the 24th. Today is National Food Day. Hey. I, I can get behind that. For Food Talk Saturday, talking to Valerie Holt earlier today. I didn't today. know that. I wish I had, you should have called in and told me. Well, you know what? You, tr- you paid tribute to it without even knowing about it. Talking about food. So yeah, that's great. National Food Day. And along with that, today is also National Bologna Day. I like bologna. Do you still eat the, bologna sandwiches? Uh, this show's full of it. But yes, I do. You know what? Maybe that's I, why. <laughs> bologna was bologna was considered, and it was back in the day, it was the leftover meat or whatever. And it, it was cheap back in the day when you knew mm-hmm. New Yorkers would go order a bologna sandwich to go work on the skyscrapers in the 30s, the 40s. But you know what? Since I never thought of it that way because bologna to me, a good, a good bologna sandwich, a t- a nice, nice crisp nice soft white loaf bread a, a slice of bologna with i put mustard on mine yellow That's mustard mine. yes and i and again i shake just a tad of black pepper into the mustard that's how i don't put anything else on it that's my perfect bologna sandwich yep. i love that I, I don't put any pepper i just put yellow mustard bologna and, usually two slices yeah. and two pieces of white bread and mm. with me with me bologna has to be it has to be a mixture i know you can get it made out of anything now it's like oh, there's a chicken bologna no, i chicken get the, with this i get beef bologna. bologna i want beef or and or beef mixed with pork because that's what i grew up eating was pork bologna because to me bologna is kind of pork but it was pork growing up but if it's a pork beef mixture or whatever whatever you can throw in say chicken and turkey too that's fine but i have my favorite brands too but yeah bologna sandwiches are you grew up like i did probably oscar meyer Eating Oscar Mayer? Yeah, I mean, we could we could name the brands. There's so many of them now. But uh, uh, when you say you're fully bologna, you're right about me. <laughs> I mean, that was <laughs> the bologna I, mean, I grew up I'm with was bologna, Oscar Mayer. Right. Oscar Mayer. Well, that's the, that's the – I don't know. Because my bologna had a first name. Right. It's, it's O-S-C-A-R. Yeah. <laughs> Does it also have a second name? Yes. M-A-Y-E-R. <laughs> S-A-N-D-E-R-S. <laughs> full of – What? You're full of bologna. Well, hey, you're just, if I had just eaten one, that's fine. Yes, bologna sandwiches are fine. Hey, that's usually what I would fix when I'd creep back up and watch TV I movies still like in the middle of the night. I still like as a throwback. <laughs> Me too. See, we still like kids stuff. Of course. We're full of that greasy kid stuff. It's BK on there. We'll have more when we come back, I promise.
Jenga, Jenga, J-J-J-Jenga. You take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top. That's how you build a tower, you just don't stop. You gotta build that tower putting blocks on top. And it teeters and it totters as you build it all up. It weebles and it wobbles, but you don't give up. You take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top. Till someone knocks it over and that's when you stop. But you start all over putting blocks on top. Jenga from Irwin. Hi, this is Jackie Gleason. Maybe you think you can't make money writing, but 10 million Americans have proved you can. What they wrote is their name, right here on an application form for the payroll savings plan. All of a sudden, boom, the United States savings bonds start rolling in, with money saved painlessly out of your paycheck. Before you know it, a nest egg appears. Try it. Be a writer. How sweet it is. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for some reason or another, you sound a little taller on radio. <laughs> it's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn radio app. Good morning, boys. Rough night last night, wasn't it? I don't think I introduced myself yesterday. My name is Bad Mardigan. And you are, uh... No, me, Gus. Don't go near him. He's dangerous. Good. Stop! Wait! Smells like a battle. I suppose you're a warrior. I am the greatest swordsman that ever lived. Little Val Kilmer there and uh, Warwick Davis from Willow from... When did Willow come out? 1988. Yeah, it was when that movie came out of Lucasfilm production. I have some Willow news here. You're after a daikini. 32, yeah, 32 years, Willow is back from Rob Quinn at the Newser staff at Newser.com. More than 30 years after the original movie, the fantasy world of Willow is returning. Warwick Davis, who played the title character in the 1988 Lucasfilm movie, who you just heard a clip from there, will return for the Disney Plus series. Director Ron Howard is also returning as executive producer, while John Chu of Crazy Rich Asians will direct, I guess, the premiere episode or some of them. Quote, growing up in the 80s, Willow has had a profound effect on me, Chu said in a statement. The story of the bravest heroes in the least likely places allowed me as an Asian American kid growing up in a Chinese restaurant looking to go to Hollywood to believe in the power of our own will, determination, and, of course, inner magic, he said. Variety reports that the series will be Lucasfilm's first non-Star Wars project since 2015. So hmm. they're, they're putting together something that has nothing to do with the Force and lightsabers and, and, and TIE fighters and things like that, and it's a new show. Uh, I've, I've been pretty vocal about Willow. I saw Willow when it came out in the theater and with friends, and we even had the—they came out with a Willow board game, which was kind of fun. The, I, I, joked, I joked that the game was more fun than the movie was. <laughs> but it was a fun adventure game to try to solve. Your whole object of the game was to try to get Elora Dunn and the little girl back to the, where she needed to be without Queen Babmorda, uh, without Darth Vader and the Emperor trying to get her back. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I compare it to Star Wars? Well, for me, well, no, Willow was Star Wars. If it Wars. was, then the main guy that's Darth Vader would wear a mask of some... Wait, never mind. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Forget you it. You had You're a right. skull right. mask on. You know, You're right. right. Never mind. Uh, let's see. Willow is Luke Skywalker trying to use his wand, lightsaber. Mad Mardigan is Han Solo. The little uh, brownies, brownies are R2 and 3PO. Yep. 
I mean, George Lucas basically took Star Wars and put it in a sword and fantasy uh, basically thing, which is which is fine. That whole rescue the princess. This in this case, the princess is a little baby, and uh, that whole storyline since the Seventh Samurai and and the and the and all those old movies are still there. But it was pretty close to us to Star Wars, executive produced and written by George Lucas, directed by Ron Howard. But since then, I've tried to watch Willow again, and I can't. I, I'm I'm not a big Willow fan of the film. There's something happened, and it's not and for me. It's not because of the effects or anything. It's just I just never really liked the movie. I don't I don't know why. I never was really in love. Remember, because I told you the story about my kids just going, "Why does the two headed dragon look like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer?" Because that stop frame animation right, at the yeah. time. When I watched it the second time, when I watched it with them, Gee, and what that ruined didn't me, so what I... ruined the movie for me wasn't so much them. Yeah, was. I thought it had more action in it than I remembered. As a kid, for some yeah. reason, I thought there was some massive sword fights and these great battles. Right. I was like, it Not was really. kind of no. Not really. <laughs> now, Jean Marsh that played about Queen Bab Morta, she was fantastic as the queen. And she's a, well, she's but I thought British... even she was over the top. Well, she was, but but, but she's, you can do that sometimes playing a villain. But she was a, a British actress that I was familiar with from old British television shows growing up, watching her in UFO and, and a lot of other things and, and horror films that I'd seen her in from time to time. But uh, but even the even the older even the lady remember the remember the um, the creature that that Willow the lady that the good witch that, that right uh, that he was trying to turn back into herself mm-hmm. and she was so surprised when she turned into herself because she's aged now, now she's, she's old. old even she was an, a lady that played in the Benny Hill show <laughs> with Benny Hill for many episodes she'd been in a lot of other things but I remember her from being in Benny Hill it was just a Ron filmed it in England so he used a lot of British yeah I guess she, is she the Ben it, so. Kenobi. Could, yes, she's him? The, yes, she's, because she, she ends be up Kenobi fighting character. with yep. the Bev Morton. Exactly. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it is. It is kind of Star Wars. It really uh, is kind of Star Wars rebound. But it is coming old, back old to Disney. Ben Kenobi. It is coming back to uh, Disney Plus. So I'll give it go, a go. So. You know what? Yeah, yeah it, the show could be good. I, just, I'll give it a just go because the movie may not have been as well executed as we would have liked. It's still a world that you can explore. That's why I thought it the, is. I, I'm, I yes. was sad when they pulled the plug on the Dark Crystal because we knew Jim Henson had only scratched the surface. Right. And I loved. This first season of Dark Crystal, um, Age of Resistance, and you know, when they pull the plug and saying, "Yeah, we're not going to do it too. It's too much work, too complex, too many people, and didn't really make it." I'm like, "Because that's a world. Because they could have had a lot. They, of stories Oh, they did do. a whole lot in season yeah. one. I'm like, and there was so much they could have done. It's just, uh, uh. I got more stories to talk talk about. Let's get to them before we run out of time. Last weekend, uh, Tom Felton, Malfoy himself, wants to make a Harry Potter reunion happen for the <laughs> movie's anniversary. People.com reported this ahead of the ninth. 19th anniversary oh, of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, depending on what country you're in, hitting theaters 19 years, 20 years next year, it'll be 20 years. Actor Tom Felton is hoping to get a new mm. a few of the movie stars back together. Felton has been seen hanging out with his former co-stars, often including Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, Jason Isaacs, Matthew Lewis. Bonnie Wright and James and Oliver Phelps, who played the Weasley twins. He usually documents their reunion on Instagram, where he shares a ton of photos. If you don't follow him on Instagram and you're a Potter fan, you should. He was remembering his time as Draco as well. Sorcerer's Stone hit theaters in 2001, making stars out of this young cast and bringing the others like Maggie Smith and the late Alan Rickman and uh, the original uh, Richard Harris, the original Dumbledore, Dumbledore. to even more acclaim. It's great when you're an actor and you're known, but when you do something else, 
like that later, it just shoots your stardom up even even further. Though younger people may not be familiar with who you are. The cast would go on to star together in seven more films as part of one of the highest earning movie franchises in history, and deservedly so because we're big Harry Potter fans. With one last the one last hitting theaters in 2011, been that long since the last one, 2011, the decades worth of filming uh, made the cast a tight-knit group. And that's cool that he's going to do that. Maybe they'll record it and you'll be able to see it online. The, the, it'll be on Zoom or something. So he wants to do it online, so that'd be great. I want to tell you about this story. In the second film, The Chamber of Secrets, remember toward the end where Harry gave uh, managed to trick and give Dobby a sock mm-hmm. and, and free him from right. slavery? Well, there's a line... Jason Isaac is Malfoy. That that happened, and that scene ended with nothing else there at the end, and they just walked away. Well, Isaac, who plays Draco's father, said, told Chris Columbus, the director, goes, we need something more here. This kind of ends too quick. He goes, and, and Chris Columbus, being the cool director that he is, he goes, we'll come up with something, and we'll, we'll play with it. Well, Isaac comes up with, well, let's hope. Mr. Potter will all be always be around to save the day. <laughs> and when he did that line, Radcliffe walked up to him and said, don't worry, I will, or I will, or whatever he says there. <laughs> did you know that Radcliffe improvised that line, too, on his own, and they didn't tell him, and he just did it? And I'm like, that's fantastic. And that's that's a great little exchange they had there at the end that they both made up on the set. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. And I thought that was fantastic. I that's do remember great. hearing an interview, though. Jason Isaacs was talking with him. It was him, Alan Rickman, and, um, oh, my gosh, the guy that played uh, the, the dog character, uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban. This Finish would have been, uh, what's his name? I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So, yeah, okay. if I can't look it up and I think of it, I do go. So, they said the three of those guys, they said they just loved being on set, like oh, hamming it yeah. up. Like, how Wouldn't can you? you not with these kind of characters in this world? <laughs> of course. And, and uh, just imagine, of course. amazing to have those kind of conversations behind scenes. Well, I'm going to see if I, uh, 57, do I have time? Oh, geez, no. I'll try. Ten best locations in the U.S. to buy UFOs for enthusiasts. For those hoping to see a UFO in the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, buy a home for UFO enthusiasts. Buying a home in the U.S. to see. A research firm has compiled a list of the ten best locations in the country for UFO enthusiasts to buy a home. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina is the number one place in the really? country yeah, to spot an alien. And with the lowest median Would have never home price, that. just under $168,000 for the average home price of a house there. The Southwest is also prominently featured on the list with Houston, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Phoenix, Tucson, and Mesa, Arizona also on the list. The firm, which used the data from the National UFO Reporting Center, noted that it... Each of these cities had the had at least 27 reported UFO sightings and some with more than 100. The research was conducted after a separate survey revealed that more than half of the country believes in extraterrestrial beings and nearly one third think they have visited our planet. And a select few think they've been actually inducted by a few and probed and interviewed and (laughs) whatever else. You want to call it. In September 2019, a Gallup poll American said they are becoming increasingly skeptical of UFOs but think the government knows more than it is letting on. Of course, 2020 has been a banner year for UFO discussion in the U.S. as more news comes out of Washington. By the way, in February, a separate research firm revealed 61% of survey respondents wanted the U.S. government to declassify the country's so-called X-Files and 58% said they believe the government is actively investigates extraterrestrial life. Mm-hmm. Well, ask people that went out to have been around the Roswell area of Area 51. You get close to that place, and uh, you'll get met by some people saying, turn around and go back. They well, won't even I mean, it is, it is an so. Air Force base. Yeah, it's but, a secret. But, it's like, but, but I, think it, I think the reason they do this is because too many people go there that have no business being there. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, of course they're going to say that. So, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of goofy. 
You know, I do think that there's a there's some probably things, but I think are all uh, other countries experimenting with their own technology, and they just don't sure. want to let us know about it. And by the way, you were joking about the Russians earlier. You know, we had the big plane, the C-5 Galaxy, that big jet that we see take Huge. off from Dobbins Air Force Base. Well, Russia had to design a bigger one, so they would have the big one. And now all it does is go to air shows. They can't afford to use it. <laughs> yeah, but useless. they have the biggest one, though. It's the biggest one. Well, thanks for being with me. I'm looking forward to next week, our Halloween oh. show, War of the Worlds. We've got a lot planned for next Saturday, so we're give us a booked. week. We're going to work more on it and get it ready for it. So we'll be here together, and coming together is a mind meld. It's BK on the air. We'll see you then. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs>